welcome to American Reds, Tribal Rants, unofficial podcast for the FX series, The Americans. I'm Michelle. Why has it got to be unofficial? Well, because The Americans hasn't sanctioned it. Why do they have to sanction it? <laughs> because why it's are, their show. Why are they so damned important? That's because it's theirs. I'm feeling a little rebellious tonight. I'm not sure I'm going to tell you who I am. <laughs> I'm not sure how this is going to work tonight. That's what we get for doing it a little bit later and getting all comfortable with coffee and hot tea. and Tea and, and stuff. Nice stuff. Yep. Well, tonight we're podcasting The Americans, Season 5, Episode 7, called The Committee on Human Rights. It, this was directed by Philip. Really? It, Philip directed it? Yes. And it was written by... Hillary Bettis and Joe Weisberg. Air date of April 19th, 2017. And I thought one of the interesting things on this episode was, you know, at the beginning of it, it always shows the warnings, the uh, TV, MA, LSV, and all that, which means there's language, sexual content, and violence. Yep. On this one, it only said TVMA, which means mature, and L. There was no S and no V. Well, yeah, but that's because this episode didn't have any S or V. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen that. I don't, well, we may have, but I don't recall ever seeing that well, on the Americans before. I think it was refreshing to have a movie, or a, an episode that included the spy game without any S or V. I think it was good. No S, no V. No hold S, the S, no hold the V. Um, what did you think about this episode? Any overriding themes? Uh, it was um, it was the episode of family. Okay. Why, why do you think that? Well, they had a strong sense of, you know, when Gabriel's leaving, they felt like uh, they're losing a piece of their family, and he had... Uh, he had been their family while they were in the United States. I mean, he was he was more than just their handler. He was their family. He gave Paige things when she was a baby and was there for Philip and Elizabeth to give them advice on raising her and right. um, just that kind of thing. You know, and we see Adderholt and Stan's partnership. They're a little they're a little more chummy than just partners would be. They're they're kind of like family and. Well, they're definitely close, so. Yeah, we see, uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe not family so much as just the episode of uh, of um, beginning and ending relationships. You know, just, just relationships. Of course, you could say that about every episode because they're, that that's included in their spying, trying to develop relationships with people. And... The show's a lot about relationships. I don't know. I'm feeling kind of, I'm, I'm rambling. Maybe we shouldn't have waited so late. <laughs> I saw a theme. That's that's interesting because I kept coming back to family and that kind of thing. But, but then it kind of dawned on me after the second watch that it was about really people not knowing other people. Finding out things about other people that they don't know. We saw it with that... I mean, even right at the beginning, Philip doesn't really know what makes Deidre tick. He doesn't get her. That's a really good observation. You also see it, what comes to mind when you said that, is Adderholt and Stan in the park. And then 
Stan and Stan's got a whole new way he's dealing with people after the Nina thing. Yeah, well, is it the yeah? I want to talk about that when and the we Oleg get there. Thing. The Oleg he's, and the he's Nina He's got thing. a whole different. He doesn't. I don't think Stan sees human beings as disposable anymore, which was, of course, prevent him from continuing to work for the FBI. Well, we also see that Paige brought up that Matthew doesn't know her. And obviously, Elizabeth doesn't know Ben, does she? No, but I don't think Elizabeth really cares. And, oh, I think she... Nah, I don't think she cares. I think she cared. Mm -hmm. But none of us know Renee. We don't know anything about Renee. Renee knows Renee. That's the only one. Even Gabriel told Philip in that last scene. <laughs> that was hilarious. I laughed my butt off. You're losing it, Philip. Not that part, though. I'm talking about the part where he says, you should have never gotten Paige involved in this. Oh, I know. Well, no, he said, I, I don't, I, is that what he said? Or did he say, I don't think I would get get Paige? He said, you were right about Paige. That's what he said about getting her involved. About not getting her involved. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. That Philip was right. Right. So, and that they shouldn't get her involved. I'm thinking there might be something else going on. I'm really seeing something deeper here. I could just be paranoid. But with Gabriel leaving and this supposedly nothing thing that Elizabeth's supposed to go do on the Committee of Human Rights and that they'd gotten people's names and stuff like that, I think this is going to end up or it certainly has the potential to end up being something really big. I don't know. That Gabriel just has kind of, after the, after killing Hans, the killing of Hans, Gabriel didn't kill him, but, and the, the lab guy dying and how much that, you know, with Philip killing him and how much that affected them. I think something bigger is coming that Gabriel just washes his hands of is kind of the feeling I get. Well, if you'll remember, he took time to explain to Philip how bad it was in the past. So you might be right. Right. You know, there was some people got killed who were just people. Oh, I just got a feeling about it. I could certainly be wrong, but we don't see them do things for no reason ever. And them sending Elizabeth in to get that paperwork and they're not talking about it. They're not telling us anything about that. We don't see that. They don't show us stuff like that. Everything they show us has a connection to something. And I think there's something going to be going on with that. I just think. It's just it's just an idea. But that's, that's kind of where I'm going with it. But we pick up exactly where we left off last week. Yep. They just sat down and they're all getting to know each other. Yeah. And Gabriel finally gets to... Paige is getting to know Gabriel. Well, yeah, and get, but but Gabriel too, you know. I mean, he gets to really know Paige now. She asks a lot of questions. Where did you meet my parents? Are you a spy too? <laughs> are you are you really the specter of death? <laughs> but then we see he said a couple things. It was real endearing, and I think he said some things that endeared Paige to him. I know your parents probably get on your nerves because they've certainly gotten driven me crazy over the years. He's, right. But he talks about them not being the same thing to her as they are to everybody else. That they are, that to her, they're parents. But to everybody else, to his homeland, these people are heroes. 
Right. Yeah. He, he gave her a whole new perspective on how her parents were looked at. And then he goes on to say that she has courage because she asked for the truth and she faced up to the truth. And of course she's kind of poo poo and all this, but then he goes into that Mark statement. And the reason I want to bring this up is because I'm going to bring it up again in a little bit. They're trying to brainwash us. <laughs> Mark says, if we choose to work for all mankind, no burdens can bring us down because our sacrifices are then for the benefit of all. Then they're walking down the road after they leave and they're essentially telling her this is a safe house, that Gabriel doesn't actually live there. And we had kind of discussed that, remember? We had talked about where he lives and stuff. Mm -hmm. She's kind of shocked that he knew everything about her, and this is where they tell her that he had given her the little stuffed animals she carried around, and that he was talking about her in first grade, and all the kind of things that would endear you to somebody. What did he get her? A little stuffed tiger? Stuffed tiger, because he wanted her to be strong. Do you know that in Buddhism, the tiger symbolizes unconditional confidence? And if you'll remember, this is um, this is the, the comments, the kind of comments that Gabriel's making to Philip and Elizabeth when, when talking about Paige, you know, when sending her to school, for instance. You know, you need a pencil, a notebook, and a brain, and she certainly got plenty of brain. Right, all all she needs from you are the first two or something. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, but in Buddhism the tiger is a symbol of unconditional confidence and disciplined awareness, kindness and modesty. Uh, it's relaxed yet energized. It's um, it's a big deal in the. That's Buddhist interesting. Yep. I don't think Gabriel's probably a Buddhist, but I no, I think he no, because Marx he's not having any of that. No, he's a Marxist. Hmm. Well, then we go to the intro and we come back and Philip and Elizabeth are looking at photos of the greenhouse. And we see now that Elizabeth's not getting back in that greenhouse. It is armed, guarded now. Yep. So they hypothesize that they found out about the missing lab worker. And so they've set people up to guard what's going on. And then they also talk about Paige likes Gabriel and then she says they just need to keep going and get her past this. Did you know what they were talking about? I wasn't sure what she was talking about. I tried to figure it out. She said, we just need to keep going with Paige and get her past this. And I didn't notice any particular angst with Paige that she hasn't had in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Paige is drama queen about everything. Well, then we go to Adderholt. And he's getting a call from who we assume is that Russian woman. He's lying to her right there. Can anybody else hear you? No, this is a private call. He's in the middle of a room. I mean, no one else may be on the call. I guess you might not can say it's a lie, lie. Well, they're probably taping the call. I mean, he's this is, this is just FBI tactics. That's what they do. Well, he gets off the phone and tells Stan that they have a bite. And then we see Elizabeth going in disguise in that psychiatric building. Yep, she comes back with a key and a better wig. It is a much better, well, yeah, because she don't want to even be seen as the same person on the, on the tape. She gets on the elevator, and then one of her guys comes in and immediately distracts the guy so she can, the front desk guy, so she can go probably where she's not supposed to be. Yeah, that's the black guy they've used in several different operations. Usually he's driving a car. When she goes into the doctor's office, she breaks into the files by picking the locks. You know, they never have any issues with those locks. Nope. They never, nope. They can just automatically get it. 
And finally, she gets the file folder that says Committee on Human Rights, Moscow Working Commission. Then we see Philip with Deidre. Nope, we see Gus with Deidre. We do see Gus with Deidre. He's trying to get Lotus approved for his office. It could be a, <laughs> yes, life, a changer. life changer. a life changer. Boy, it's super geek talk there. And Deidre's really happy. She's sitting there. Now, Deidre's just a little made up. We don't see Deidre the same way we saw her when she was exercising. Of course, I guess you wouldn't. But Well, she calls him needy, and I think that's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. He starts asking her some questions. Have you ever lived with anybody? And she does not want to have this conversation. She's like not extra... <laughs> Well, we talked about this. Since Philip is kind of not really into this operation, he's just going through the motions, and he's trying to get to where he needs to go as fast as possible. And she senses that. She senses his his haste in trying to develop this this relationship, to trying to develop this her as a contact. That's, she doesn't know she's being developed as a contact. She just knows that he's forcing. He, yeah, it's it's, it's contrived. Yeah, she tells him to just stop. Stop worrying about all this kind of stuff. Let's just be... Yeah, let's just hang out. Let's just let everything take its course. And by the way, do you want to go do something? Yeah, he's like... Philip, could you tell how flabbergasted he was when she said that? Philip is smooth-talking Philip. You know, Philip is the one who weasels his way into everything. And suddenly he's got, of all people, Deidre. Yeah, handling him. Yeah, who, he, he can't, he can't, or he's not, I mean, I'm sure he maybe could, but he's not schmoozing her. I thought that was funny. He can't even pretend well. And I made a note here. Do you think the Jenners are losing their magic in this area? Because we've talked about this. We've touched on it a little bit before. With the opposite sex, they always seem to, they never have an issue. And I think occasionally... Somebody would rebuff you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you may not be somebody, but they, they don't have that problem. They really know how to get in and work people. And here we're seeing Philip with Deidre, and she's seeing right through him as far as him pushing the relationship and not being genuine, I suppose. Yeah. And Ben, I mean, Brenda, her charms haven't done anything with Ben either. Apparently not. He's out cruising for hookers. <laughs> I don't think that's a hooker. I've, I've got a thought on that, but we'll, we'll wait till we get there. I don't think it was his sister. No, I don't either. Well, then we see Oleg, and he is walking through beautiful Russia. Wasn't that a beautiful scene we saw? The backdrop all lit up, those ornate buildings and everything at yeah. night. Yeah, it was pretty. He goes in and he has that conversation with his mom about how these people just didn't show up. Right. And he can't figure it out. And she's just, hey, look, they didn't show up. They didn't show up. Just don't think, don't, don't worry about it. They're, they both look very relieved. She looks happy and he looks relieved about it. So do you think Oleg is like really realizing he's off the hook with something? Do you think... I, I, I don't trust it. I'm, I'm worried Oleg, and particularly after we see more in this episode that we'll talk about in just a minute, I kind of worry about what he's where he's going, you know, what he's going to do with all this. What do you think he's thinking? 
because he can't know that Stan literally put his freedom in jeopardy for him. I don't know. I, I don't know where he's going with it. Well, he stops and looks at a picture of his brother and... Wishes he could talk to him and his mom asks about what and he says anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I imagine as a as a grown man, you know, having your mother to talk to is one thing, but maybe having a brother like that, because he's certainly not going to be able to talk to his father. No, not freely. Well, then we go to commercial and Mike, it's Fargo. Yep. Uh, is it Ewan? Am I saying his name right? McGregor? Yeah, yeah, Ewan McGregor. He's playing two characters. I think they're brothers yep. on here. And it comes on tonight. I mean, before I get this podcast up, probably. What time? It will be on. I think it comes on at 10. Oh, my goodness. Tonight. We don't podcast Fargo here, but I podcast it with Mike from West Coast Project. So if you guys love Fargo or don't yet know that you love it, check out the podcast and the new whole new season, season three, over at westcoastproject.com. And I'll put that link down in the show notes so you guys don't have to remember it. But that should be pretty good. Everybody's pretty excited about it. There's quite a bit of buzz online and stuff about it. It's, It looks like it's going to be really good. Noah Hawley, man. It's, you know, we are really in an era of really good TV. Fargo, True Detective, depending on oh, how that man, comes Oh, man, that back. was the best. Woody Harrelson and... The Americans. Matthew McConaughey. That was the that was the best I think television I've ever seen. And Better Call that was really really good. Oh, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul's really good. Yes. Leftovers. It just came back on, by the way. Not your favorite. No. Yeah, it's kind of has like a lost appeal to it. Yeah, but that that's a big. You know, that was always a big letdown at the end. Well, that's just it. I was talking to Mike from West Coast Project last night. He was texting me about Leftovers, asked me if I had started watching this season yet because it just came on. And I told him that we hadn't. And he said, I'm surprised you like it because you didn't like Lost. And I said, well, I like the first 18 seasons of Lost. And that was tongue-in-cheek, of course, but it was really good at the beginning. Do you remember how much we liked it? But then it just... Yeah, they got crazy. Yeah, with it. yeah, it went went. They jumped a the shark. Well, then we go to the Russian lady, and she's looking for uh, Stan and Adderholt in the park, and she meets up with them, and she's obviously nervous and everything. People are making her jumpy, and she's talking about her son. Right. She wants asylum. She doesn't want the money. No, she wants uh, safety. Yeah, she wants a guarantee of security, and Stan's just lays it out there. He's quick to tell her that, hey, anything could happen. You could end up in prison or worse. And you can tell Adderholt is just, oh my God, what are you doing? Well, because it's taken them so long to get a bite, as he says. Right. And now Stan's trying to, seems seems to Adderholt it like Stan's trying to talk her out of it almost. Well, we find out she works for a place called TASS. And TASS is the major Russian news agency that's actually owned by the Russian government. Right. The so official Russian right. news agency, TASS. So that's why they want the <laughs> the inside scoop, I guess, to there, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that would be a great contact to have. And it looks like they're going to have it. Well, she said, I don't know. I don't know the way she walked off. She says, if something happens to me, what about my son? He's like, we can't guarantee your son's safety. And Adderholt's mad at him. He doesn't like this. Well, they said, uh, you know, she says she she tells him possible is 
is when you don't want to to promise something. Right. They you say know, it's possible. It's possible. That, that, that you'll get asylum. Yeah. When an American says it's possible, it means that uh, you don't want to make any promises. And Adderholt just does not like Stan being, being blunt with that woman. You can tell. So why do you think Stan's being this way? Thinking what happened with Nina? Or you think he's just so disillusioned with his job that he realizes how bad everything can go? Like with Oleg? I think it's a combination of Nina and Oleg. Or do you think he's just disillusioned? He's like, they don't treat me right. They don't treat anybody right. And why are we getting these other people involved in this? No. No, uh, no I, I think it's 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 specifically related to his experience on this job with Oleg and Nina. Remember, he's been an FBI agent for a long time, and everybody right. wanted Stan. Everybody wanted Stan Beeman at, in their department, and he went into counterintelligence. He got assigned to counterintelligence, and he's had no apparent history of this kind of behavior before. But this really did a number on him. His his. Um, his experience in counterintelligence has affected him. It's, it's left a mark on him. And he is now dealing with things in a different way. Yeah. They'll probably get rid of him because he's not so, going to be as effective this way. Do you think that he is trying to shoo her away? Do you think he's trying to save her? No, he's trying to satisfy his own conscience. Okay. He's trying to say... If she goes along with this, I told the truth, I did my part, and I have a clear conscious conscience, and I can sleep. See, I'm just, I, I kind of felt like that's what he was doing, but part of me wondered if he wasn't just trying to sabotage everything no, they're doing. No, no, he's, no, he's still an FBI agent. He's still, he's still dedicated to the mission, make no mistake. He just, he's just playing uh, by different rules. He's got, he's got a whole different operating procedure now than he had before. Well, then Elizabeth walks into the living room where Paige is reading a book, and she stops and sits with her. I think the book was A Midsummer Night's Dream. Paige asks Elizabeth if she's going to miss Gabriel, and Elizabeth looks like she might cry. She looks, I mean, you know, this is, I think this is emotional, especially for Elizabeth. Like we said, this is her family. And Paige asks why he's leaving, and Elizabeth kind of regurgitates what he said, that he's tired, it's a lot for a man his age, and all that. And then Philip comes in, and she goes, oh, Dad, how's everything going with the grain thing? And he's like oh, looking I around know. for and he Henry. just got through sleeping with Deidre. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, he needs a shower. And you know what? I had forgotten here that they never went back to Paige and told her, oh, by the way, no one's trying to destroy the Russian grain. We were wrong. And they're trying to create a grain that's going to be resistant to everything to feed the world in place of starve the world. Paige still thinks that America is trying to starve Russia. And they want her thinking that. Yep, and they don't tell her any different. She has no idea that they're trying to develop a superfood. And she's so idealistic about it. Well, why don't you just go to the press? Yeah, it worked with Watergate. That's funny. Yeah. Well, then in private, we see Philip, and he's telling Elizabeth that he got a lot of paperwork and stuff, and he's going to try to match, you know, someplace that they can figure out where to get this grain. And Elizabeth tells him that Ben's going to Mississippi, and he thinks there's some cross between those two things. She says she got what she wanted from the shrink. There were names and addresses from people back home. That's that's what I'm talking about. I'm wondering if this might turn out to be 
much more than what they're portraying here. It seems like, and I know that you've talked about, you know, this is going to end soon and all that based on history, but it feels like they're, why are they going after their own here? She said there's names and addresses from people back home that they were trying, that she got. Well, they're always trying to, to flesh out or flesh out uh, uh, people who aren't uh, dedicated, as dedicated to the cause. That's what, that's what the whole purge thing that Gabriel was telling Philip about earlier was about, was getting rid of anybody who's weak and not totally dedicated to, to the, um, the, uh, the Russian uh, um, idea, you know, their, their stated goals and, and plans and missions and, you know, their, their I guess, dogma, their, 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 uh, their belief system. Right, right. Their, their actual mission over here. But, well, no, not just their mission. I mean, just anybody who doesn't believe in, you know, the Russian way of life. But how scary is that, considering that we've heard on more than one occasion now that Philip's file isn't squeaky clean? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a consideration. But it's also scary because you got human beings deciding which other human beings aren't patriotic enough and they need to be dealt with. That's... Uh, that's a really, that's a big deal. I just noted that I don't know why they would put this little side job in there without telling us anything about it. I don't think it's just a time waster. Maybe on another show they might do that kind of thing, but I think there's something to this. I also think it's kind of funny, just as a side note to that, how Philip is always interested in what's going on with the psychiatrist. And so, oh, what did he say? What, you know... What did he say about this? How did he feel about that? You know, how I kind of did oh, that. Oh, because of his experience with Est? I, that's what I yeah. think, yeah. Philip really likes that delve into your feelings kind of thing. And Elizabeth Dutton, and she tells him so in just a minute. And then we see Paige meeting up with Pastor Tim. And now this was a real interesting scene to me after the scene with Gabriel. What'd you think? Um, yeah. Because she's saying that she realized there's much bigger things in the world than herself and her problems. Bigger than self. And Pastor Tim starts talking about how this is a great thing to realize because it leads to empathy, which leads to helping others, and it makes sacrifices in our life for the benefit of others. And who does that sound exactly like? He, he, he brings up Christ's crucifixion as the ultimate example, but, but without that example in there... He could be quoting the Marx stuff. That's exactly sure. what Gabriel was telling her about self-sacrifice, uh, doing things for the benefit of others at your own expense, and stuff like that. So I thought it was really interesting that we had Paige getting the same, essentially the same moral lesson from Gabriel as she got well, from so Pastor Tim. This, this continues today. That different groups want to opposing groups always want to claim the moral high ground you see it with political parties you see it with religions you see it with different countries everybody wants to claim the moral high ground so their 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 stated stated beliefs parallel each other but they use those stated beliefs as justifications 
to do whatever it is they're going to do. They they use they use um, pretty much we've got the moral high ground argument to justify their um, their their uh, actions and and their mission and and their you know means justifies the ends kind of thing. Uh, everybody everybody does it. They they all claim the moral high ground. Pastor Tim is right. Jesus was, that was his whole mission in life. That was his mission was service to others and uh, moving away from self, moving away from ego, moving toward reliance on the Holy Spirit. This was Jesus's mission. You see it when he washed the disciples' feet. You see it when he interacted with people who were considered lower than everyone else. And Jesus uh, never considered anybody lower than anybody else. And God doesn't look at anybody lower than anybody else. And Jesus' death on a cross was obviously the ultimate sacrifice, giving himself for all of mankind. And, of course, you can go back and read some uh, Russian literature, you know, Marxist, Leninist stuff, and it's, it's in alignment you go to uh, books on the Buddha, and it's all in alignment. And of course, sometimes you say this to certain uh, certain um, religious groups, and they just are aghast. How can you possibly think that Buddhism lines up with Christianity, Mike? Well, I've got news for you. Go read. Go read it. It does. A lot of it lines up perfectly. As soon as people realize that everybody, really humans, Really, we all un- underneath underneath this um, you know uh, identification identity we give ourselves. We're all beings struggling with the same thing. We're struggling internally with ego versus the spirit. Ego. It's all ego versus the spirit. It's all it's all self and the world versus good. And the, the spirit within you that, that, that you came from the factory with, that's good. But Marx wanted people to give up for the, for the country. The country was like the religion, correct? The country, yeah. The country was the deity. The country was the entity to be uh, sacrificed for. But the country was seen as the good of the collective, the good, the, the corporate good, the, the good of the, the entire people, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. This is what I heard sometimes from some great naval leaders. You know, when I was in the Navy, some I heard that one time from a naval officer during a, an address he was giving uh, at somebody's retirement. And I thought, wow, that's profound. Well, you can go find that in some of the Marxist literature. But how often did you hear this kind of stuff? Even Even on a smaller scale, you see families employ this kind of, philosophy. Absolutely. Look at single mothers that work three jobs so that their children can have clean clothes and go to school and they sacrifice their entire life. They could be out, you know, uh, running around, doing, doing stuff, doing uh, things for sale, serving themselves, uh, buying things to make themselves pretty and spending time, you know, trying to, to, to find a, a partner or, or, or hang glide or whatever they wanted to do, but they don't. They're working three jobs so that their children have what they need. And it's the same, it's the same uh, concept. 
Well, we got off on a tangent there, didn't we? Well, you know, people need to, to need to realize, you know, this just just because you think you're a, a Christian or you think you're a Buddhist or you think you're a Democrat or you think you're a Republican, really, you're just a human being trying to get along with other human beings. And the greatest joy you'll ever get is in service to other human beings. Okay. okay. I agree. Okay. So I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Yep. I like that. Okay. Well, then we go into Wolf. Wolf calls Stan into, looks like the vault. And he has that conversation with Stan. He goes, I love that vault. Don't you love the vault? They say, they, they, they motion, you know, like it's some big dramatic thing. Come in, he's waiting for you. So they go in and as soon as they close the door, the little red light comes on as if they didn't know the door were closed and they were in a secure room. They got to have a red light that says, hey, now it's serious. I want one of those here because how many times have we been in here podcasting and everybody makes noise outside the room? We should put one of those in every room. So as soon as you close the door in any room, the red light's on. <laughs> well, Wolf tells him, I got good news and I got bad news. Right. And the good news is they backed off of Oleg, which of course... CIA's backing off. The bad news is the AG wants you dead, man. They're never going to find your body. Well, I didn't hear that exactly. Well, no, I'm, you know, just embellishing. But they do want bit. him out of there. Yeah, the AG doesn't want him, doesn't want Stan in that department anymore. But Wolf stood up for him. Yeah. I was a little I thought, surprised. I thought that was neat, too. And Stan says, well, after, because Wolf's uh, excuse is the operation that he's doing. And Stan says, what happens after the operation? Wolf says, we'll worry about that when we have to worry about it. And remember, Wolf, I think, is the guy who told him, don't do it. Oh, he did tell him, don't, don't do, do it. it. Yeah. He, so he already, and he could be sitting right here in front of Stan saying, see, I told you so. Tough, you did it to yourself. But instead, he stands up for him. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Well, then we go to... How do you say that? Bolivar County? Um, that works you know? for me. Okay. I didn't know if you knew how to say it, which is close to the Arkansas border. It's quite a little ways from us, but somewhere in a huge cornfield. And man, the Philip and Elizabeth disguise in this one, it was so funny and good. And I was a little offended at the same time. I mean. Oh, were those wigs? Yeah, and, and, and I'm offended. I I really am. I'm a, I was a little bit offended, and I was more offended the second time I watched it. The way they're portraying country people. Sa- Southern over. people, <laughs> and they're grooming. Are you kidding? I mean. Well, let's just call this the episode of Bad Wigs. No, it's not just the bad wigs. It's like lack of grooming, lack of anything. I think people... Down down south, people here, particularly women, I mean, you know, women groom here, right? I mean, the hair and the well, and you, the makeup. I, you women, know, you look, should come down to where I, my some of my you know locations are down. I'm not down, saying down. everybody does, but I think as a general rule, in all seriousness, I think women from the south really do spend a lot of time on Appearance. appearances and stuff like that. And it's a little offensive that they show this like this and this is not the first time. This is what they do. It's like they put them in this I don't care. It's it it's not just that they're not as attractive because that's okay. But it's like they have a grooming problem when they put them down south, and that is not cool. That's not cool. I don't like it. Well, 
they had them in Texas, and they didn't have the, a, a poor grooming uh, problem. As a matter of fact, they they made them kind of you know uh, pretty looking. I'm talking about the Southeast, though, specifically, and I don't know that we'd... Well, you're going to have to just get over Look, that. the Southeast is a bunch of states, and I don't know. I didn't... I don't... I don't... I really, in in total seriousness, I don't like that. Okay. If we we if, have enough stereotypes and stigmas about the South, just overall. We don't have to make them as unattractive as we possibly can just to fit in down speaking here. Speaking of that, did you feed the chickens today? That's not funny. Yes, I didn't know. How about did you slop the hogs? <laughs> but they drive by Ben in the field. How on earth did they find Ben in a cornfield? Hey, they're good. They're Russian spies and they're good. Ben's driving a little 280ZX. Did you see that? Yes, I did. That brought back the 80s, didn't it? Oh, yeah. And they say they'll come back later to get the sample. She wants to find out what Ben's going to do after he leaves here. Right. And then Paige goes to Matthews, who thought he was having a bad day oh, until she man. got there. He didn't yeah, know yeah. a bad day. You don't know me, is what she said. And I thought, oh, no. But she's, he starts out, before we get there, he has like this attitude with her. He's like, do you want to go to a movie tomorrow? And she said, I can't. And he goes, no, of course you can't. Why would I expect my girlfriend to be able to spend time with me? And just really, I mean, maybe she couldn't, right? Uh, yeah, that yeah. Was he's not... well. He's getting frustrated because this has been going on for a while. He's sensing that uh, she doesn't really. She's not into him that much. Into him. She even admit. He even said as much. Asked as much in the last episode. But more than not knowing Paige, this young man doesn't really know a barber. He needs to go get a haircut, man. I mean, the seventies are over. That that haircut is done. Go. Get yourself a, an 80s haircut. We don't see a lot of 80s haircuts no, in men no. in this. We, Not we, on the women no. either. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I, because 80s was the decade of great music and bad hair. And we don't see this, this big... Well, I loved 80s hair. Are you kidding me? I, I wish they would... Uh, yeah, they need to do more of that. They, need they to do. do. Are they going to? No, 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 no. No, I'm agreeing with you. They need to have more 80s hair. Remember the George Michael really swoopy hair and now, stuff like that? Yeah. Now, Oleg's got some 80s hair going on, I think. He's got kind yeah. of an 80s haircut. Almost. Know? Yeah. Almost. Uh, not Philip. Not Stan. Uh, they're not. They don't have 80s haircuts. No, they I, don't. I remember. You can look at old film footage. And uh, you can tell the year by the hair. Yeah, the Reagan era for sure. And that's where they are. But, uh, but come on, come on. Somebody get Matthew, you know, get, get him a, a realistic haircut. Okay, but let's don't beat up on him too much because Paige literally and figuratively does that here. But, yeah, she tells him, you don't know me. And she says, all you want to do is make out. And <laughs> he's like, okay, we won't. And, and she's not having any of that. She just doesn't know what to say. She doesn't know how to do this. She really doesn't. No, but as soon as he puts his hands on her, she knows what to do because Mommy Ninja has been training her in the garage. Yeah, that was a little bit dangerous, though, the way she reacted to that. And I that, that would be startling to me if I went to grab somebody's hand and they had some kind of, like jujitsu move or something that they used on me that I didn't know they ever did anything like that. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. But I thought he was pretty sad. He said if he did something wrong, he'll fix it. He's not his dad. 
And oh, I thought that was I know. bad. I mean, come on, man. I mean, just leave your dad out of it. But you're right. He goes to grab her hand and she does ah. the... Yeah, she literally, she hits him and, you know, shoves him. and He's surprised. And, yeah, I was surprised. And then she starts doing that ugly cry and leaves, saying she's sorry. There's the cry that girls do. Guys, maybe, too, but guys don't cry very much around here. But, you know, the cry, and then there's, like, the ugly cry. And she did the ugly cry. Then we see Ben. He's waiting outside a restaurant, a bar, whatever. No, first he's cruising for hookers. Remember, he's walking down the... Sidewalk. He was not cruising for Bad hookers. neighborhood, looking for hookers. He can't find one, so he picks some chick up who's getting out of a taxi. Well, I saw it a little bit different. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I saw. Philip and Elizabeth are watching him from a payphone across the street, and a car pulls up and a blonde gets out. And Philip says, "What? what's going on? And, and they start to make out. It's a little yeah, intimate. Yeah, Elizabeth says, we're going to find out what's going on. <laughs> Two-time Wheat growing bastard. Yeah. Sweet orange blossom wheat. Playa. Yeah. Phillip's like, who's that? Mm. And Liz was like, don't know. We're going to find out. Yeah, she didn't say that. We're going to ask that son of a, you know. Okay. What do you think about this? Do you think he's just a, what? You think that's just Ben's personality? Yeah, he's a player. Yeah, that's sure. That's what he's doing. He's picking up chicks. Maybe Ben is in on something, too. Maybe oh, he's some kind of something. not a conspiracy. No, thing. but maybe he is because that would be, I don't know. Surely Gabriel would have known, right, before he put her on Ben. Well, now, remember, there's some stuff that Gabriel doesn't know. He made well, right. that clear. He said if... Because, you know, Philip asked him later. About. Yeah, right. about Renee, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, hey, look, maybe it's possible the center wouldn't tell me. Right. They wouldn't tell me if they thought you would ask me. Right. I'm just wondering, because there's got to be something more to that. I don't think he's just a, I don't think he's just like pulled the wool over Brenda slash Elizabeth's eyes. She seems really perplexed by this. She thought he felt differently about her. Well, I got news for you and everybody else listening. The spy game was not and is currently not limited to the United States versus Russia. In the spy game, there are there are spies from any given time in this country from various other countries trying to gain intelligence to take back to their country. Some of the countries even claim to be our allies, but they we, we spy on other countries. Other countries spy on us. It's something that's regularly done. But I don't know. I just think there could be something going on with Ben because Ben doesn't even know people, presumably, in Mississippi. He had to go there for work, and he's there, and then suddenly this girl shows up. I don't know. I think he might be working something, but, I mean, you're right. I do look for conspiracies and everything. Well, then we see Paige. She comes back home, and she looks at all the books that her mother has set up around the Capitol Marks book. Um, Great Lessons in American History, Eisenhower, Harry S. Truman, The Story of the Second World War, and Capitol. Right. Which one doesn't belong 
And then Philip and Elizabeth are digging in the cornfield, and she says she didn't think he was like that. She really felt like they had some kind of connection. And Philip's trying to Esther, and he goes, it's okay to care. Well, it- Philip looks at her, and he goes, you liked him. And she said, no, I didn't. And he says, it's okay to care. Yeah. She and says, she- no, it's not. Well, it isn't. It isn't for me. Yeah. She said, no, it- yeah, and she used his name. It's one of those. She didn't just go, no, it's not. She goes, no, it's not, Philip. It's not for me. So she was pretty serious about it. He said, I feel like one of the guys in the posters. What poster was he talking Probably about? Probably some wheat farmer poster thing or something. I don't know. Well, she says, can you imagine they'll plant this back home and make better food out of it? Elizabeth's a little idealistic, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that. We don't get to see that from her a lot. Well, but if you remember, we've talked a lot about food and the lack of food and sustainable food and, and logistics and, and everything to do with with food and mass production of food in the Soviet Union. And this is a potentially big deal for them in their eyes. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, we go to commercial, we come back and Gabriel's opening up that corn like it's a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> He says, you wouldn't believe the instructions he has. He has to tend this like a baby. And he tells that, he starts talking to Elizabeth about how well she's done with Paige, that that she's raised her in a way that would make the motherland proud, essentially, is what he's saying to her. That she doesn't feel like the world owes her everything. And then Elizabeth asks him real seriously, why are you leaving? And he goes into this thing, he says, well, it adds up. Some of it's okay, some of it isn't. But yeah, it adds But it up. does it does take a toll. Didn't she look beautiful sitting there? She looked like a little model. Well, she always does. She's no, stunning. not always when they put one of those bad wigs on her. Well, she doesn't when she's in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We'll say that not for sure. Not a pickup truck with, with Elmer. There was another really bad one when she was outside that. When uh, Philip was meeting with William and at, the, at that, uh what was it, a marina or something? They were on a boat or something, and when he handed him off the rat, I think. Oh, I remember that. That was yeah. another really... I think that was the worst. That might have been yeah. worse. But she wants to know what she'll do without Gabriel, and he says, what will you do without me? What am I going to do without you? I got one cousin in Leningrad and mm, one, one nephew, yep. and yeah. Two, and then he says... Two relatives left. Yeah, and I mean... He probably hadn't seen them for a while. But he says he leaves tonight and send Philip to say goodbye. Now, I thought when he said send Philip, he was going to tell Philip. I kept waiting, particularly tell after he what? said something about Misha, which was part of the reason that just completely oh. like broke Gabriel anyway. He did not like that. Anyway, we go in, we go back home. Elizabeth goes in and Paige is moping on the couch. And she tells Elizabeth she broke up with Matthew and... She just couldn't do it anymore. It wasn't fair to him. Yeah, it's not him. It's her. And then she asked Elizabeth, she says, have you ever broken up with anybody? Oh, yeah, sure. I just laughed because you picture all the people Elizabeth has ended things with. I mean, and maybe more cruelly than Paige (laughs) did with Matthew. Yeah, during the course of her employment, yeah. Well, then Renee's talking to Stan. Stan's distracted. He's very distracted. She's telling this story about skinny dipping, and she wants him to be engaging and entertained by her story, and he's not even listening. 
And finally he, man, did you hear the way he told that story? Yep. So there was a thing and I went to someone and told them about this thing and then they did this thing and it was just very complicated. She did her best to, to empathize with him. But he says that he may get to keep his job, at least for now. And she goes, well, that's good, right? And he says, yeah. And then he goes, thanks. So what we've seen in this episode is that both Stan and Oleg are relieved. Well, you see something working here on Stan where he's sitting there and he's disengaged from her. And she turns the television off and says, what's up? And he continues to be disengaged. So she turns the TV back on. And he sits there, and instead of being Stan Beeman the way he was with his ex-wife, he thinks better of it, and he turns the television off and does his best to bring her into what's going on with him, which he apparently never did with his ex-wife, which is why he is divorced. This was her main complaint. He was never there, even when he was there. So Stan's trying to be there with Renee, and I appreciated that about that about that scene because when he turned the television off and started talking to her, he engaged her and satisfied her need to be, um, to be informed about what was going on with him. Her need to know that whatever was distracting him didn't have anything to do with her and that it was nothing personal. His distraction, I think maybe more than, well, he just included her. Right. Right. In his day. As much as... As much as he could, yeah. But it was funny, the way he said it. But then Philip comes in, and Elizabeth's whispering that Paige broke up with Matthew. he says, thank God. I know. (laughs) I thought that was funny. And then Philip goes to Paige, and he's like, you know, I'm sorry it happened, and... But I've got to go. And she's like, well, tell Gabriel I said goodbye. And then he's like, he yeah. climbs up, you know, in bed and sits beside her and sits there for a minute, you know. i got to go out here in the hall and dance a little bit now that I know you've broken up with Matthew. But then he says, I know how you feel different from everybody else. And she said, no, I felt different from everybody else before I learned all this stuff. Now it's just a million times worse. And he tells her, you'll get used to this stuff. And she looks really sad. And I don't think he liked telling her that, that you'll have to get used to it. You know, I mean, imagine if there was something hard in life. And, of course, there are. But you know what I mean, that you have to tell your daughters, just get used to it. Well, you this want, is your yeah. life. Well, you want to eliminate the hard stuff for your kids. That's just your natural tendency. And then what did you think about that next scene? In Blue Russia, somebody brings that paperwork to Oleg yeah, he's, well, he's in the records office, and they look something up for him. That was his mom, right? That was his mom. So what's he reading about? You think this is her, her years file in the camp from forty-seven camp. to fifty-one. So why did he go looking for that? I don't know. See, I don't know. I think as much as Stan, I'm seeing like this compare and contrast between Stan and Oleg. Stan, I think, is real disillusioned with a lot of stuff. And I think Oleg is disillusioned with what's going on over there, too. I don't know why. Why do you think... What do you think he hopes to find? What's he looking for in that? Some reason to be mad? I can't imagine there would be anything in that that would make him feel better about Mother Russia, would there? I have have no idea. Well, then we see Philip. He walks in to see Gabriel. The specter of death sitting in the dark. <laughs> and Gabriel says, we're never going to see each other again. I know. Isn't that sad? Yeah, that was pretty sad. 
he tells uh, Philip to, you know, Philip comes in and sits down and he's, and I, I swear I thought here that Gabriel was going to go, I got to tell you about Misha. I mean, they sit there. It was like this pause, you know, do it. but he doesn't. It's like Philip's last chance to ask the questions, right? Because, I mean, there's this isn't going to go on anymore. And we see in the next episode, they're back with Claudia. It looks that way. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you know they're excited about that. Well, yeah, I mean, Elizabeth, I'm surprised she'll even work with Claudia. Gabriel's sitting there and he starts reflecting on the past when uh, uh, Philip asked him, did you have to do things? And, and Gabriel just tries to include him in as much as, as he can in his way and explains some of the awful things that they had to do in their own country to their own countrymen. And Gabriel asked him what he knew about what they did, this previous generation did, before he signed up for it. And Philip says he didn't ask. He didn't essentially want to know, no. I don't think, before mm -hmm. he went in there. And he says it's worse than you could imagine. Yep. And he said some of the people that they had these interactions with were counter-revolutionaries, but some were just people. Some and he said he did it people. too. Philip said why? And he says to set an example, who knows? He says the organization was full of people who were scared and confused, and he believed that he was acting in the service of good, that he was doing good. Again, with this sacrifice for higher purpose thing. And then he says, but really, I was just scared. It was terrible times, and a lot of us didn't make it. Yep. So his service to good didn't work out so well. Gabriel's disillusioned a little bit, too. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's very reflective here. And then he says, well, I have to go. I mean, literally, Philip got there in the nick of time, didn't he? If he'd have been like three minutes later, that would have been the Gabriel end of it. He'd have just seen the empty house. And then he goes, hey, is Stan's girlfriend one of us? <laughs> I know. And Gabriel says, you're losing. You're losing it, Philip. Get get real, man. What in the but hell But then he does say it's possible the sinner wouldn't tell him. Because they'd think that Philip would ask him that question. He did. But as far as he knows, the answer's no. And then he says, the last thing he says is, you were right about Paige. She, she should, should be, be kept, kept out of all this. All this. And What is all this? What does he mean? Well, he's talking about what's going on, their their job, all this. Yeah, or is he talking about no, what all? No, I don't know. I think no. something's coming. No, he's talking about... The, the situation that they find themselves in. That's all That's all he's talking about. Well, all of this is coming just after Philip had this conversation with Paige telling her essentially that she'd have to get used to all this terribleness in her life, which is what they did based on what they were told to do with her. Gabriel walks out and Philip's standing there blinking and looking around wildly. He's like, what? You know, I mean, he's literally going, what? Gabriel's got an incredible perspective here. He's been involved in post-war Russia and now he's involved in the spy game in the 80s and he's watched this thing and watched its metamorphosis, the, the KGB counterintelligence service. He's watched it just evolve into what it is and I think he just can't imagine what it might evolve into later and he's thinking to himself, I wouldn't want one of my children involved in this. 
Right. And, you know, Philip, you were right. And Paige should be kept out of all this. What a thing to say is he's walking out the door well, and closing the, the door behind him, though. That's the last bit of advice he was given. And that's the end. And that, that was it. Well, next week we go into episode eight. It's called Immersion. Hmm. We see Elizabeth lamenting over never seeing Gabriel again. Does that mean Philip and Elizabeth are going to have their body fat percentages taken? Immersed? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe so. Philip says he thinks he got tired of this, and Elizabeth said it would be nicer world if nobody had to do Elizabeth says it would be a nicer world if nobody had to do this. Yeah, but they always take them out of context. You can't ever tell what they're talking about. Elizabeth's saying they know now what they're doing, and Claudia is saying they don't want anyone inside their heads. So I don't know what that's all about. We see Russian scarved woman, the Russian woman walk in and stands telling her she's safe, but try not to look over your shoulder. (laughs) So I don't know about all that. Someone's asking a blonde bombshell Elizabeth if her team is up to this. And she says that they'll get every single one of them. Elizabeth is very, very confident. Stan's telling Adderholt, that she was pretty nervous, assumingly talking about the Russian woman, and Adderholt says, let's get her off the streets. So, something may be coming up with that. So, that's it. So, any other insights about Episode 7, the Committee on Human Rights? Nope. Uh, this episode was more of a... Uh, of Set-up a th- episode? Well, a thinking episode. Uh, less of a, you know, not as much S and V, like you said. In the beginning. I like that, though. Sometimes. I, I do, too. But I think some of the appeal is the... the uh, Action. Yeah, the action. And, and, because, you know, it's a, spy, it's a spy thing. Well, and we've had really a few episodes of that in a row now. We don't usually have that of more calm and, like, thinking stuff. That's why I'm thinking something big is coming. But I guess we'll wait and see. You might be right. But we hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our American Reds podcast. So if people want to contact you about this episode, how are they going to do that? At Mike from TN. And I'm at Michelle from TN. Also, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so you can subscribe to us there. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. And, of course, all this information is on tribalrant.com. Or you can email us or leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. So we'll see everybody back next week for episode eight called Immersion. That's what we'll do. Immersion. Okay. See you then. See you then.